the Apostle. Good evening, audience. Good to be here and be seated, if you will. Everybody feeling good? I trust that you are. I was uh, very happy this morning to tune in and hear the program from the temple. Mind and hear the testimonies of the people that have been healed. Last evening we had quite a spontaneous break in the Spirit of the Lord come down upon us in the great outpouring. We're expecting that to grow greater all the time. I believe it will, don't you? And if I'm not mistaken, there's a man sitting right in front of me now with the minister's badge. Was you in a wheelchair last night or something? I just made a statement a while ago. I don't know what's happened between now and then. If you're not in the wheelchair, whether you're just sitting there. But the man has a great faith. And if he isn't already, if they pack him and put him there, whatever it is, I believe the man's going to be healed during the meeting. I thought it was him last night that was pulling. It was. Partly. Just have a good courage and believe with all your heart. Now, these things, I have no way to control them. God does the healing. And the only thing that I do is just and show what he told me to do. But God has to do the healing. We all believe that, don't we? Now this afternoon, I come not under the anointing for healing, which we, this is a coming to just speak of the word and to try to exhort uh, the faith and to get you to believe on Jesus. It's been a very sweet week the past week has. Crowds has been about the smallest I've ever had in all my life in, in the services, the audience of people. I believe it's the smallest audience to have, this being the fifth night, I believe it is, or coming up the sixth night of the service that I ever had all the time since it's been to me, even when I was in small churches before I went out. But there's been a unity about it. And I realize that the city has been hit pretty heavy. And there's been many services in. The other day I got a check that was put in the offering and belonged to some other man he was supposed to have gotten last August. <laughs> Somebody mixed it up and got over in, in our offering, some other man that came through the city. Brother Roberts was in here for a while. And then it seems like that the way that everybody is in campaigns and going around and we're all trying to do some good for suffering humanity. I'm sure that that's the purpose of every man's heart is to try to help or do something for the church. Many big services have been attended <clears throat> through the past year here in Houston. And uh, it seems to be all about on the same line. It's preaching the gospel and praying for the sick and so forth. And whatever it is, we, we thank God for what he's done and for the results that's been brought forth by every. But people meeting after meeting, meeting after meeting, meeting after meeting, become worn out. I know that to be so far in my own uh, sphere of praying for the sick and being in meeting after so many nights. Really, last night would have been our last night. See, five nights is our limit, three to five nights. And then we go somewhere else. The other ministers who preach healing by the word, it takes a long time to build in faith like that sometimes. It's sometimes they say six, eight, ten weeks, maybe three months, because it's necessary for them to do that. But I'll be unusual just to demonstrate, to show that 
what God has done in this way of this phenomenon, why, it doesn't take long until the people, first 15 or 20 minutes, if they're spiritual minded, they'll catch it right away. And then things begin to happen, and usually within five days we're, we're gone from the city to somewhere else. It usually falls my lot doing the time to speak a little bit to the audience uh, on the gospel message. And they ask me each Sunday afternoon to, if I would preach or try to at least. And I'm not a preacher. I heard your pastor, one of the pastors here, Brother Richie, on the broadcast this morning. I thought, my, if he's sitting on the platform this afternoon, my, what do I feel like? But the only thing I can do is do the best that I can uh, for God's glory. I was uneducated, had many uh, defects that way that keeps me from being a preacher. I'm not a preacher. I often made this little statement before starting in the message. One time when I was a little boy, my father was quite a rider. He could just ride, break horses and so forth. Frankly, that he was in a riding match when he met my mother. And he was about 19 years old, 18 or 19, and she was 14. They got married. And I was born when my mother wasn't quite 16 years old yet. But I always liked to be like my daddy, or I thought someday when I was a little boy, when I got to be a man, that I was going to be a real cowboy. Now, that's a big word to say in Texas, ain't it? But they say that's the home of the cowboy. So a little fellow like, you know, and reading Western Story magazines, going to picture shows and so forth, well, I thought the height of my ambition was to be a cowboy. Just wait till I get to wear those shaps, you know, and boots and the great big hat, and oh, I was had great enthusiasm. So when I was about 18 years old, I, I went out west, out in Arizona, to be a cowboy, run off from home. Now, I had a little practice before I left home of riding. I used to take the old plow horse, old, and I'd ply him all day, and the poor old fellow couldn't hardly get back up to the watering trough to get a drink. I'd get the harness off of him and get me a handful of cuckoo burrs and lay it up under the saddle and pull it down and then jump up on him. And poor old horse was old and stiff, he couldn't get up tired, you know, he'd just stand there and ball and jump up and down. I'd take my old straw hat and hit him, I'd say, my, I'm not a cowboy. <laughs> Try to ride My little brother and him would sit on the fence and laugh at me, you know, and give me a great big hand because I was a real cowboy. I thought, wait till I get out west, my, I'll show him where a cowboy is from Indiana. I went out west. I remember the, I had enough money, I was going to buy a pair of shafts. I thought I had enough. I went out, a great big pretty pair had A-R-I-Z-O-N-A, and the bottom had steer head like that, and two big brass buttons for his eyes. I thought, my, that looks pretty. Try them on. I put them on. You see one of these little bandy chickens with the feathers down his leg. That's about the way I look. There's about three foot of leather laying out on the floor. Them boys are long-legged over there. Too much for Indiana. I said, oh, I thought, my, I'd be a beautiful sight pulling all his leather down the street like that. And I thought, what? Mm. So I thought, well, it's going to have a rodeo. So I thought, said, I said, how much are these? I thought, around about $25, $30. Oh, my, and I had about $3 or 4 He said, you better compromise for a pair of Levi's. So I did, and I went out the first time I'd ever seen a rodeo, and I'd seen all those cow lined up on the fence, and I thought, well, I'll get out there and sit down, too. 
And I got me a big hat, this kind of a pasteboard affair, you know, looked like a real western hat. I climbed up there, those big fellows looking around, you know, like I was just as big as they were. They brought a fellow up down there was going to ride a certain horse. When he came out of the stalls, I jumped in the saddle and that horse made about two jumps. I know that didn't look like my old plug up home, so it looked like he could put all four feet in the wash pan and throw the, the saddle off of him. Made about two jumps and that fellow was laying out in the middle of the road there and the pickups come got him and the blood was running out of his nose and his ears and what a horrible shape he was. The ambulance had to pack him away. The fellow came down through there and said he'd give any man fifty dollars that would stay on that horse a minute. He kept looking all around and nobody take him up. He looked right about me and said, are you a rider? I said, no, sir. <laughs> I changed my mind right quick. When I, I know that wasn't my old plug that I've been riding. <laughs> so when I first was ordained in the Baptist church, my eyes were the happiest preacher you ever seen. Somebody said, are you a minister? I said, yes, sir. <clears throat> One day when I had my first meeting with holiness people, I was over in St. Louis and I met Reverend Robert Darty. He was in a tent meeting. And I went up there that night and his little girl had just been healed. Her testimony appeared there. He went to take me down to the meeting where he was having it. He got up there and he started preaching. And first time I'd about ever heard a Pentecostal preacher preach, that boy preached to his knees buckled together. He went plumb to the floor and he'd catch his breath. You could hear him about two squares away. Come up preaching. So I said, are you a preacher? I said, no, sir. <laughs> no, no, my old slow Baptist ways don't think of it that way. <laughs> I, I wasn't a preacher then, after I heard that. So I kept still from that all around full gospel people about being a preacher. I just let it go. I said, no, I pray for the sick. <laughs> let it go like that. But I do enjoy coming on this day like this to try to read some of the word and explain it the best that I know how. Because I believe that it's the truth. Every word of God is the truth. And then, coming in a service like this, you don't have to come under that anointing or healing. You don't have to be under prayer or fasting. I just come right in and go reading the Word and what more, you see. It's a different feeling when you're preaching the Gospel than what it is when you're under that anointing for that angel of God, because you're so sensitive to every spirit feel like it's built a wall and you feel one dripping out here or there like that. And then this afternoon, I come to try to speak a little bit on the Word. And I was trying to decide, just, I thought I was going to speak on a little subject I used to speak on, show us the Father, it suffice for us. John 14. Brother Lindsay said, I wish you'd wait just a little longer and get it, let's get it on a recording. So I thought I would speak then of the resurrection of Lazarus, how that he was raised from the dead. I don't know whether I ever spoke on it when I was here before or not. Did I? All right. Over the 11th chapter of St. John, if you want to read with me for a few moments. I just love the Word, don't you? My, the Word is real. And begin about the, about the 20th verse of the 11th chapter of St. John. And listen close and give me your undivided attention just for a few moments. I'll lay my watch out here and try to leave just quickly so you'll have a chance to, to go early and get home and have your dinner. Supper it is up in Indiana yet, but I don't know what it is down here, but I'm just an old-fashioned sassafras boy that still leaves his dinner, breakfast, and supper to me. 
Anyhow, my supper tastes just as good as your dinner does to you. That's right. The so later chapter of the 21st, we read this. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother would not die. But I know that even now whatsoever thou wilt ask God, God will give it thee. Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. I like that, don't you? Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. See, they believed in the general resurrection. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Let's bow our heads a moment for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we have gathered here in this auditorium this afternoon for one purpose, to glorify Jesus Christ, thy Son. And I pray thee, Father, that thou will just, as it was, pull down the curtain to anything else but to the Word of God this afternoon and the power of the Spirit, that it might have the right of way in every heart. And every believer in here may be blessed. All the sick that's in our midst this afternoon may be healed. And God receive glory. And all sinners come to Jesus. Hear the prayer of your humble servant, Lord. And bless this part of the service. Now anoint the lips of thy servant to speak, the ears of thy people to hear. For we ask that in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. During this time of the ministry of our Savior, he became very popular. He lived with Martha and Mary and Lazarus, which was all brothers and sisters. Can you hear me? All right. They were brothers and sisters. And we're taught by, by some historians that Lazarus was a scribe. And that Mary and Martha... Uh, made tapestries and so forth for the temple, which that, I guess, could not be proved or it doesn't make too much difference what they did. But the main thing, they were friends to Jesus. And Jesus' ministry had grown so great until he was called out of the country at this time to be away on missions elsewhere to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, and do his earthly mission as he was ordained of the Father to do so. His birth, when Jesus was born on earth, he had a black mark to begin with. He was always received by the common people and scorned mostly by the, the religious sect of the people in them days and, and of the great ritzy and high-minded people. And it's just about that way today, too. It's the same. Not as I'm trying to say that rich or richly people cannot be saved. They can if they'll humble themselves and come like the rest of them. But we must all come in one way. That's come knowing that we are nothing and he's all. And being willing to surrender ourselves to him 
in order to receive benefits from him. If you ever get anything from God, you have to humble yourself and become nothing before him and know nothing but one purpose, that is, you're trying to find Jesus. Then when you humble yourself down, God will exalt. But when you exalt yourself, God will see that you're brought to a base. That's right. He said so in his word. Now, Jesus, when he was born, he was, I believe that all gifts are foreordained, the foreknowledge of God. You believe that? I believe it. I believe there's nothing that you work yourself up to or anything that one person could give to another. I do not believe in that. I don't say it couldn't be so. My belief wouldn't change God's program. But I can't see it in the scriptures. The base that in all that I preach and believe must have a, I must have a something behind it. In other words, to make faith out of it. And it must come from the word of God, which is the basic of all faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. And therefore, I believe that all great gifts were foreordained of God to come into the world. For instance, Jesus himself, he was foreordained of God to come into the world. Do you believe that? He was the woman's seed that was to bruise the serpent's head, and his head was to bruise the, the heel. I believe that Moses was foreordained of God. Do you believe that? When he was born, he was a proper child, and he was raised up on Pharaoh's, uh, in Pharaoh's palace with his foot on the throne to become the heir even Pharaoh's son to fall heir to the throne. But he was ordained of God. If he'd been a, an ordinary man, he'd have went ahead and took those great honors. But he was ordained of God for another purpose. Now, I believe that John the Baptist, I believe it was 712 years before he was born, he was seen by the prophet Isaiah and said he's the voice of one crying in the wilderness. He was ordained of God. Jeremiah, before he was even brought from his mother's womb, God said he knew him, sanctified him, and ordained him a prophet over the nations before he ever come from his mother's womb. Is that right? I believe that those things are ordained. I think where it is today, we more or less get worked up in a little excitement or a little enthusiasm and sometimes brings more reproach than it does good. Don't you think so? Don't never say nothing like... I've seen young men come in and say, Oh, the Lord's called me to preach. Got converted last night. The Lord called me to preach. You better wait, young fella. Find out whether God's really called it. There's a plant, you know, it was planted one time, and when the hot sun come out, it withered down. Sit down, and before you build a house, count the cost and see if you're able first before you do it. And then, but sometimes we get enthused, and I, I'd rather have a little enthusiasm and no answer at all just to have somebody... Get enthused about it. But Jesus, when he was born, he was born with that mark of being a legitimate child. That his father was Joseph. And that he was uh, a born, in other words, a bastard child. Born by father, which by mother, that was, he was conceived before that they were married. And I say that that's wrong because God was his father, and he was born of a virgin birth. Then we find out that his coming on the earth, before he got here, he was announced to be here, and God always... Now, if I get some doctrine in this, 
you don't believe it, that's all right. We won't holler out about it. But just like if you'd asked me to eat cherry pie at your house, and I love it. If I was eating cherry pie, I'd go ahead eating pie till I hit a seed. I wouldn't throw the pie away. I'd throw the seed away. Just keep on eating pie. So that's what you do about this. What you believe, receive it. And what you don't believe, well, lay it aside. And God, when he sends a great something to the earth, he announces it by angels. We realize that the birth of Jesus and all down was announced by angels. Now minor angels will come. So for instance, the one that come visit me, a minor angel. But when you see Gabriel come down, something major on the road. Gabriel announced the first coming of Jesus. He will announce the second coming of Jesus. He'll sound the trumpet and the dead in Christ shall rise. Gabriel, the great archangel of God. And now, during this time, before the birth of Jesus, was Mary, the mother, the little virgin, lived in Nazareth, brought up there. And even before that, John had to come as a forerunner. We look at John the Baptist, what a great man he was. Jesus, at this time of our message, was going down to see John the Baptist. He draw all the regions around Judea and Jordan, down to Jordan is hearing. What a great man he was. He also was foreordained. And when he was born, Zechariah, before he was born, his father was in the temple. His obligation was to offer incense while the people were praying for an incense. And one day, notice, he was a devout man. I like that, don't you? A man who worshipped God. Now, there was a disgrace at his home. His wife was old. She had always wanted to bring children, which all Jewish women did. But they thought it was a great honor and a dishonor to be barren, like David's first wife when she laughed at him but dancing before the ark. God put a curse upon her that she could bear no children. And now, Zechariah, a just man, a holy man, a devout man, he and his wife had prayed and believed that someday God would give them children, held on to God. And then at this particular time, while he was waving this uh, incense in there, Gabriel, the angel, appeared before him and told him that the days of his ministration at the temple, he was to go home and be with his wife, and she was conceived and bear a son, and they would call his name John. Zachariah, yet a good man, holy man, righteous man, that had prayed for these things. Notice it. He failed to believe what he had been praying for when his prayer was answered. Isn't that about like most of us today? Praying, if God answered your prayer, it's scary to death. Notice he had prayed all this time, and God was answering his prayer. And I say this year, God will answer every sincere prayer. I believe it, in his own way. Then she's a past the age of bearing. Zachariah said, oh, this couldn't be so. My, my, she's old, and I'm old, and how could this be? And because he disbelieved the angel, the angel said, you'll be dumb until the day the baby's born. And he was stricken dumb. And you know how the... People waited for him, and when he came out, why, he beckoned to him. They seen that he had been seen an angel, and he went on up, and his wife conceived, and this little John was on his road to be born. Six months later, the angel came down again to a little virgin by the name of Mary, 
lived in the meanest town, worse than Houston, Texas, come down into a city there named Nazareth, and and no matter how mean the people are, God, Houston, Texas is a fine city, one of the nicest cities I've ever been in. But you hear, like all other cities, you have good and bad everywhere. That's right. It depends on good and bad was put before the people in the Garden of Eden. And it's still there, good or bad. You want to see something out of a bad city, a little city that's wicked, you want to come around my little town up home. All right, it's called Little Chicago, so don't feel bad when I said Houston, Texas. <laughs> because God has children everywhere. That's right. I believe when the rapture comes, the people will come from everywhere, going up in the rapture. And when this angel came down in Nazareth, let's kind of dramatize this a little and think that it was on Blue Monday, maybe wash day, when Mary had to go down and get the, the water and the oriental type packed on her head, maybe coming up, uh, packing the water along, and all of a sudden, a great light shone around her, and in this light stood the great archangel Gabriel standing there before her and said, Hail Mary, blessed art thou among women. Wow, that salutation frightened the little virgin. It would frighten you. That such an appearance of an angel standing before you, it did me, and said, Blessed art thou among women. And he began to tell her that she was going to bear a son, knowing no man. And they called his name Jesus. Now I want you to look at the difference between Mary and Zechariah. Zechariah, that minister, gospel minister, or preachers that was in that day, priests in the temple, had known all kinds of things that had happened before of the miraculous power of God, but doubted the angel in his case, where Mary said, Behold, the hands made of the Lord. She didn't question what couldn't be or so forth, and look how much more she had to believe in what he had to believe. Hannah had had a baby before, when she was past the age. Sarah had a baby before, after she was past the age. And that had already happened many times. But Mary had to believe something that had never happened before. No woman had ever brought a child like that into the world by knowing no man. But she had more to believe than what Zachariah did. So therefore, she didn't question God. She just took God at his word. Amen. I like that. Take God at his word. Believe it anyhow. No matter how impossible it looks to be, believe God. And he'll bring it to pass. And notice, just as soon she didn't wait till she was positive she was going to have this child. She didn't wait till she felt right before she said anything about it. She started right away testifying, telling people that she was going to have this baby when there was no signs of it yet. God, give us some more Marys. That's right. Don't wait for signs and wonders. Take God at his word and start rejoicing, saying it's going to happen. God said so. I believe if every patient in this building right now would accept it upon the grounds of God's Word and believe it and start testifying and praising God for your healing, the meeting wouldn't close with one crippled person in here. That's right. God is under obligation to answer His Word. Can you hear me all right? Am I too loud? All right. Pray with me. Notice. Then as soon as she started up into the hilly countries of Judea, because the angel told her about Elizabeth, and Elizabeth and Mary were first cousins. Jesus and John were second cousins. And when she started up into the hilly country to see her cousin, who was going to be a mother also, 
When she met Mary or Elizabeth, seen Mary coming, no doubt they run out and begin to greet each other, uh, hug each other like women used to do, meet each other, smile, be friendly. I tell you, that's what's whole lot the matter with the people today. They're not friendly like they used to be. The people has got too selfish, got to a place where they, they think they live in a little world by themselves. You know that's the truth. Well, you know, it used to be out on the farm when, when one of the neighbors would get sick, we'd go out and help do their work and cut the wood and bring it in. And now you don't know your neighbor's dead unless you read it in the paper. That's right. Selfish. And the people passed down the street used to, while we grab a hold of one another's hands and shake our hands like that, saying, how are you, brother? And today when they pass on the street, they give a little silly grin, throw their head up in the air. Oh, my. No wonder love's gone. I despise that old... Somebody feel they're bigger than somebody else. After all, you're six foot of earth. That's all you are. That's right, everybody. How long ago I was standing by a museum? There's a picture of a man there, 150 pounds. And it, it gives the analysis of the chemicals of his body. He is worth 84 cents. That's all a 150 pound man's worth is 84 cents. But he'll be sure to put a $10 hat on that 84 cents and think he's something big. That's right. A woman will wrap that 84 cents up in a $100 fur coat and won't speak to half her neighbors. What's the matter? The love of God sent me somewhere. That's right. What is it? It's still 84 cents. You'll take care of that, all right. But that soul's worth 10,000 worlds. You'll let anything be poked down it. That's right. That's the truth. Not long ago, I was in a big meeting. And there's some princess of some sort there. She said in the meeting, way back in the back, if I would have seen her sitting back there, as almost as close to being naked as that woman was, I'd have tucked my coat off and went and put it around her and told her to wear it while I was preaching the gospel. Well, I did that one time to a woman. She got angry and got up and stomped out of the building, but I got the privilege of telling her anyhow. That's right. It's a shame. A way that Christian women dress and allow their young girls and things to dress out on the street. I tell you, they tell me that the way Adam and Eve realized they were naked because they eat apples. If eating apples caused women to know that they were naked, it's time to pass the apples again. That's right. That's exactly the truth. Or the shame set themselves out there on these beaches somewhere to get a suntan. Some married woman with a little kid or something like that. Are these young ladies and call themselves full of the Holy Ghost? If you are, your tree's known by fruit and bears. That's right. I got a little girl in here. I don't know what she'll be. But I'm telling you, if I ever catch her stretched out on the beach, she'll get a, a sun tanning. But if he, Mr. Charlie Branham's son, will tan her with a board, that's one thing, sure. That's one good thing. Yes, sir. That might be old-fashioned sassafras preaching, but it'll save you. That's one thing, sir. It'll straighten you up. It might not be just said in the right kind of words, but you'll listen to it. It'll do you good. That's one thing, sure. Yes, sir. It's a disgrace how people... This woman come walking down after the meeting. She got one of the managers and said, I want to meet Dr. Branham. Dr. Branham. I'm your brother. Amen. She come walking down through there, a pair of glasses on up on a stick like this, her head up in the air, threw her hand up like this. She said, Dr. Branham, I'm charmed. I said, well, get it down here so I'll see you. Or, go to one of you. That's right. All that put on. I like the old-fashioned type. Handshake is not a can shake hands with somebody and feel it, a good old warm handshake. God bless your heart. Sometimes the best of heart beats under an old blue shirt like that. That's right. 
truly. Now, there Mary wasn't that way old when she seen Martha and they, uh, Mary, I mean, and Elizabeth. They run to each other, threw their arms around one another, and begin to hug one another. And I can hear Mary say, "Oh, I've been told that you're going to be a mother." She said, "Yes, but I'm just let's dramatize this a moment so you get the picture. I, I'm going to be a mother, but I'm just a little afraid." See, John was six months older than Jesus six months later when the angel Gabriel appeared. And he said, I'm just a little bit afraid because it's six months as me as a, a mother and the baby has no life yet. It's never moved. See? And that's altogether uh, subnormal because life is about two months, something like that. But you're six months and no life yet. And she said, I'm worried about the baby. In other words, we're just dramatizing this part, see? And I'm just a little worried about it. And Martha, then I see uh, Mary say, while the angel Gabriel appeared to me and told me I was going to have a baby, knowing no man, and I should call his name Jesus. Just as soon as she said Jesus, the power of the Holy Ghost fell, and the little dead baby in the mother's wombs began to leap for joy. If the name of Jesus first spoke by human lips will bring life to a dead baby, what will it do to Christians who are born again? come to my ears, my baby leaped in my womb for joy. Receive the Holy Ghost in his mother's womb before he was born. Hallelujah! Surely I believe in miracles and signs and the power of the gospel of Christ. Yes, I love him with all my heart. I know he's real. If the whole world doubts it, that don't make a doubt in my mind. I believe it with all my heart. Yes, his name is spoken. And the little baby began to leap. Dead in his mother's womb received life when the name of Jesus was first breathed through mortal lips by his mother. Whence cometh the mother of my Lord? For as soon as your words are spoken in my ears, my baby leaped in the wombs for joy. What kind of a baby ought this to be that was born from his mother's womb, the Bible said, full of the Holy Ghost. He was a Holy Ghost preacher. Shrine. And when he came out, when he was about nine years old, we were taught that he went into the wilderness. He was anointed with the spirit of Elisha. Acted like him, looked like him. Little old frail-looking fellow, bald-headed, piece of goods wrapped around him like this, and a camel skin around him, and a leather girdle around his loins. But when he came out of the wilderness of Judea, he preached the message that stirred all the regions. God, give us some more Baptists like that. Amen. Yes, sir. Come out with old Harry... Trousers on, not with his collar turned around the back and fried chicken twice a day and had to have a hundred dollar salary week before he preached. He come out anointed with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He didn't draw any lines either. When Herod come up there with his brother Philip's wife, somebody said, Don't you preach on marriage and divorce? Walk right up in his face and said, It's not lawful for you to have her. God give us man who will stand for the truth. Amen. Regardless of who's sitting close to who it is. Let the chips fall where they want to. Lay the gospel to the human line. That's right. Call black, black, and white, white. Right, right, and wrong, wrong. You're not right, then get right. It'll straighten you up, make you look different, act different, live different, be different. The Holy Ghost is good for you. It'll straighten you out. That's what 
What's the matter with that in these countries now and all around the world? We got too many old cold formal churches having a form of godliness denying the power thereof. What we need today is give a little starch out of the church, and that goes to Pentecost too. Amen. You know what it is? Because you're afraid one side sitting here in the church of God, here in the assemblies over here, and this and over here, afraid of this and that here. When you forget that and get in Christ, hallelujah, the Holy Ghost can have the right away. Amen. You're going to call me a holy roller anyhow, so this might as well let loose. That's right. Huh? God's sure to do it. Maybe I am a holy roller. I am not a happy holy roller you've ever seen. If it takes a barking to be a holy holder to believe the word of God, then brand me there. Well, that's right. That's right. I believe it's the truth. That your sons and daughters shall prophesy upon my hands, maids and maids, shall I pour out of my spirit. And the day is here. Now. That's right. Then when I see him standing there, oh my. The little baby leaped in his mother's wombs for joy. Then when he was born, he preached. All the regions come around to hear him. We wonder what kind of a message he preached. He preached Christ. If the churches will quit preaching on theology and stuff like that, some kind of human theology and some philosophy or something like that, or who's going to be the next mayor, or, or something about the flowers, the roses, or something, preach Christ, the Son of God. Hallelujah! It'll draw men. Hallelujah! I'll be lifted up. I'll draw all men unto me. That's right. It's true. Oh my. How the old-fashioned Holy Ghost. Now, right now, in existence, free for all. Very typed all through the Bible that the Holy Spirit would lead the church today. Israel, when it was called out of the wilderness, it was a church, it was a people of God. I was talking to Brother Frotsam a while ago on the street. Uh, used to be the editor of the Pentecostal Evangel. When Israel was in the wilderness... When they were in Egypt, they were the people of God. When they were called out, they were the church of God. For the church means called out. And now God's calling out a people. Out of Babylon, out of confusion. Hallelujah. Amen. You say, what well, do you amen in yourself? Well, I'm not, you won't say it, I will. I believe it. Amen. That's right. The word amen means so this. Now I know it's the truth. Yes. And there, when Israel was called out, a type of the church. Israel always was a type of the church. That's a church natural. This is a church spiritual. They was called out. And as soon as they were called out, they passed through the Red Sea, baptized unto Moses. And as soon as they come on the other side, they were baptized them with the Spirit. Miriam picked up a tambourine, and down the bank she went dancing. Hallelujah. Yes, sir, she had the victory. Did you ever get that much? All right. She was dancing in the spirit, and all the daughters of Israel followed her dancing. Moses stood with his hands up and sang in the spirit. Wow. There laid all the old taskmasters laying behind them. All the old things they ever done, the meanest say, and things that you've done when you see the red blood of Christ has cleansed you from all sin, you can sing too with a victorious song. Hallelujah. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved the rest of me. Once was lost, but now I'm town was blind, but now I see. That's right. Then I look at them, and immediately after that, they needed food to live on. God rained food down of heaven. Manna, type of the Holy Ghost. Every morning they went out and picked it up. It was good. They eat it. It tastes like honey. They would just lick their lips and eat it. 
I tell you, this Holy Ghost that reigns now, which that was a type of, and this is the end of type, it tastes like honey. That's right. I've seen the saints of God so drunk upon it to lick their lips and say, mmm, mmm. So good. There's something about honey. That's right. David, the old uh, uh, the psalmist in the Bible, he talked about the honey. And he, he was a shepherd. The shepherd used to carry a little script bag. Men there, they had honey in it. And when their sheep would get sick, they would put that honey all on a, on a rock, rock, a limestone rock. And those sick sheep would go to licking on that rock. And when they did, licking off the honey. Oh, 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 Glory! Just lick on it, that's right. Listen, brother, let me tell you, I'll put it on Christ and not some church, neither. It'll go on Christ with clothes on. Lick on him! any healing, if he's any virtue, if he's any power, if he's any praise, it belongs to him. Amen. That's right. On Christ, the solid rock. The rock. The rock played a big part in it, too. Long time ago, when they used to have the rock, there used to be people get bit by a mad dog. They'd take and stick them to a mad stone. If they stuck, they got well. If they didn't stick, they died. The worst mad dog I know of is the devil. That's right. And the only cure I know is the rock of ages. He cured it. Oh, God, take care of it. Little boy, you know we'll cure you blind, sir. You laid on the cot. Oh, to God's unchanging hand. The devil might have bit you, but there's enough drawing power in the rock of ages. Let me hide. Hallelujah. The devil can't get you when you're hid in there. Stick with it. Hold on to it. Don't let it away from you. No matter how many symptoms appear, how many of us that there, hold to it. Stay there until the healing power has drawn all the disease from you. That's right. He'll do it. Notice this man again before we leave it. To be a perfect type, a very perfect type of the Holy Ghost. Remember, that manna fell every night. Every night. And they had to get a new supply every day. Is that right? Amen. 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 All right. If they kept some over wiggle tails got in it. That's what's the matter with a whole lot of Pentecostal experiences today. They're depending on testifying something that happened two or three years ago. Them experiences gets wiggle tails. Why not now? Hallelujah. Get a new fresh one. That's right. Every day, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. There they are. Eating manna every night. Now notice, a type of the Holy Ghost. It never come up. Some priest never come give it to him. Some preacher never baptized it into him. But it come from above. Coming down from God. And notice, Moses said to Aaron, and they went out, gathered several big omers full, that it might be kept in the Holy of Holies. That every priesthood coming in behind the Holy of Holies, after that, might ask, about these things, they had a right to have a taste of the original manna. It didn't get old back in there. It stayed forever good back in the holies of holies. Is that right? Worms couldn't get in it. But it was laid back that every person that entered into that priesthood had a right to taste of some of the original manna. How beautiful it is on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost fell down from heaven on manna as we'd come through their blood. And they've been saved, been cleansed from our sins, and the Holy Ghost fell. Brother, Peter said on the day of Pentecost, 
is for you and for your children and for them as far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And every person that enters into the baptism of the Spirit can have the same kind of Holy Ghost that they got on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah! How are you, my brother? God's truth. Not something that looked like it, but the real thing. Same kind of Holy Ghost that fell back there falls now. The same kind. The real Holy Ghost brings forth the same kind of evidence and fruit that they had back there comes with the same Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Oh, how good. You say it like this. Oh, I feel it right now. That's right. It's real, just as real as it ever was to me. That's right. Just the same Holy Spirit that fell back there on the day of Pentecost. What's the matter today? We, our churches has got away from it. That's exactly right. Reminds me of what we try to do is build a big, fine church. But fine pews. Get the very best of this. And somebody is singing like angelic choir. See them stand up on a platform thing with painted up faces and everything else and sleeves up around their, their arms like this and their naked knees almost showing. Go out on the street and light up cigarettes and call it angelic choir. What's the matter with you women and men? yourself, Christian. Fire the fruits, you shall know them. But we compromise. Remember, beauty from the eye is what Satan does. In the beginning, he, way back in the beginning, he tried to make a better place than what Michael had. Down he come down into Cain and tried to do the same thing, yet he offered God a sacrifice. he done the same thing that Abel did, but without the blood. True. Reminds me one day, me and my brother was going along, we seen a, an old turtle. That was the funniest looking thing I ever seen. Old Terrapin. I don't know where you have him here or not. He said, throw their legs like that, you know, when they're walking. I said to my brother, I said, isn't that funny looking thing? He said, it is. We went up to him and went, what's in the mind of some of these people when you really go to preaching the gospel, they pull right back in their shell. I belong to the Baptist. I belong to the Baptist. Well, if your name's not to hell, you'll go to hell, too. That's right. Only those who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life by being redeemed, born again. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he'll not enter the kingdom. Truly. Then you're born again, you become a new creature, a new creation in Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Now, Lord, don't get excited that hallelujah means praise our God. And I praise him. Amen. Then that old turtle, I looked at him, how funny he looked, he drawed right back up. I said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I said, I'll make him walk. I got my big long willow, and I began to pour it on him. He just laid there. You can't whoop him into it. That's all there is to it. No, then it's lay there still. I took him down at the water. I said, I'll fix him up. I put him down in the water, and just a few bubbles come up. You can baptize him this way, that way, head foamless, any way you want to. He goes down a dry center and comes up a wet one. He's still a sinner. You're not saved by water. That's right. I thought, how can I get that old fellow moving? You can't argue baptisms and never get the church to move on. Don't you think that? You can't do it. I went out and got me a piece of paper and built a little fire and set the old boy on it. I tell you, he moved there. That's right. What we need today is a whole time of Holy Ghost God sent by the Amen. That's right. That'll move him. That's right. Preach the fire where he keeps it still. True. That's why I tucked the old turtle down there and caught one, cut a tail off. Laying there and my brother come back and said, kill a turtle? Yeah. Looked down there and started to pick him up, and the old turtle's mouth laying there with snap at him. Been laying there for about an hour. So I thought you said he'd kill him. I said, I'll separate his head from his body. 
He said, he's just dead and don't know it. That's what's the matter with a whole lot of people. Dead and don't know it. That's right. Around church entities and so forth. Don't know what the power of the Holy Ghost means. Don't pay attention to what science says and this says and that says. Free Christ. Amen. Oh, my. I feel good. <laughs> I do. I feel good. Thank the Lord. Now, let me tell you something, friends. Then, when Jesus came down to the Jordan to be baptized of John, John saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. Went up on him, he was filled with the Spirit of God. Then into the wilderness, he went to be tempted 40 days, came out, and the miracles and signs began to follow him. The Bible said, These signs shall follow them that believe. There always signs and wonders follows God's church everywhere. Always has and always will. You can't never, you take history wherever you want to. God has sent revivals and revival will come up and then they'll make an organization out of it. And then they can't stand that, of course. Then the first thing you know, there has never been an organization that ever fell that rose again. God always moves his people on away from that thing. That's right. That's true. God's calling today. Of people together. I believe that with all my heart. Not out of your church, but together in heart. That the church is alone. They're fine, every one of them. But what we need is an old-fashioned St. Paul's revival and the Bible Holy Ghost preaching in churches with power. Straighten up those members and things. Amen. Now, I see him as he came out then. His ministry got so great until he had to be called away. Lazarus taken sick while he was gone. Listen. When Jesus leaves your house, watch for sickness to come. Trouble, heartache, disappointment. Don't you believe that? When Jesus leaves your house, trouble is coming in just as soon as he leaves. Of course, in this case, he wasn't driven away. He went away because his father's work was calling for it. And he went away to preach somewhere else. I believe that Jesus seen the vision of Lazarus. They sent for him. He didn't come. They sent for him again. He didn't come. If that had been your pastor, you'd have sent for him. And he didn't come. While the old hypocrite, I'll go over and join the other church. That's the reason your pastor can't do nothing for you. You've got to believe him as a man of God. You believe that? you got to have faith in him. If you don't, you'll never be able to do you any good. If you get sick, send for him. Let him come and anoint you with all our prayer. We have God's promise of prayer of faith will save the sick. That's true. He's a man of God. God will honor him. That's true. Sometimes he can't come just when you call. But remember, all things work together for good to them that love God. Now, after a while, Lazarus got sicker and sicker. They said he died with hemorrhages. Some of the historians say, I know not. But anyhow, he, he took sick and he died. And they took and buried him. One day passed. What a dark hour. My, my, all their breadwinner was gone. Them two young girls left. Second day passed. Oh, how dark. The man they had so much confidence in. They, their beloved man, if they'd left their church walk and everything. And here then, he had disappointed them. And their brother was dead. Doesn't things look dark? You might be prayed for. Come here and see the powers and miracles of God. You go back and the first thing you know, well then, you feel bad the next day. You may be sick the next day. Something may happen the next day. Well, don't you know when Jesus prayed for an epileptic boy, when he comes in, he had the hardest fit he ever had? Your faith is not in symptoms. It's in God. Believe in God. See what I mean? When your pastor prays for you, say, well, he must not be a man of God, or God would have heard his prayer. What about your faith? It's your faith that touches God, not altogether his prayer. You're obeying God's word. And when you obey God's word, God's under obligation to answer you if you believe him. 
lays in you. Don't blame the other man. All right. God shows signs and wonders and miracles and everything, but look like the people don't get up what it is. A man come to me here not long ago. He said, Brother Bam, I've been to Freeman. I've been to Roberts. I- I've been to Ogilvy. I've been to all of them. They can't do me no good. I'll come to you. I said, you're just as bad off now as you ever was. You've gone to the wrong person. Go to Christ. Amen. What you can fool around with man. Man can't do nothing for you. He can preach the word. He can show his signs of what God's giving. But he can't heal you. God has to heal you. That's right. You believe that's the truth? It is the truth, friend. That's right. So your pastor's just as well to do that or any elder of the church as any other man. That's right. He's got just as much right as any other man to do it. Or the only thing you have to have is faith in God. There you are. Now, notice quickly. Then, fourth day comes. First, Jesus said, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth. They said, If he sleepeth, he doeth well. I go wake him. He said, If he sleepeth, he doeth well. I said, He's dead. But I go wake him. All right. They went with him, man. And went over. Now, here they was coming to the city. Just a few moments, and I closed. My time's just getting right away. I, oh, my, I feel good this afternoon. I feel a responding faith. This fills me up. I there with your faith moving out. I see now, if I could get my version of showing you God's attitude towards healing you, if you've been preached divine healing and practiced divine healing through the age, as you have the gospel of the Holy Ghost, then, brother, sister, the same results should come right here this afternoon by healing as it was by the Holy Ghost. Do you believe that? Sure. But when I go to preach on the power of the Holy Ghost and he begins to take the Word of God and place it out there, every Holy Ghost field child will reach and grab it like that. <laughs> they just grab it right now. They can't help it. They're hungering for it. And brother, if you'll turn right around and realize he was wounded for your transgressions and with his sight you are healed, you can receive the power of God right there to heal you right where you're sitting. Amen. True. Here he comes to the city now. Four days. There's Martha and Mary Singer. Dark mind. All hopes is gone. Lazarus was rotten out in the grave. That's just words that you already can understand. Just simply laying there and you can say deteriorating if you want to, but he's rotten. That's, one night I said, I got so sick I puked. And then all of them come to laughing. I said, I'm just as sick when I'm puking as you are when you're vomiting, so what's the difference? I said, it's just the same. Don't try to put on a whole lot of stuff. Be just who you are. That's what's the matter with people today. They're trying to get through starching. It's the truth. Amen. I mean that, don't you? Amen. I mean it's the truth. People have got put on so much of the gospel. has got their thing. It's all patterned up, educated up. They put them in the, out here in these seminaries or cemeteries or whatever it is, all the same. <laughs> both dead places. And that's just put them out of it. Seminary preacher reminds me of an incubator chicken. A little incubator chicken just chirps and chirps and chirps and ain't got no mammy. He was mechanically turned out. Must be reminded of an incubator preacher, too. That's right. Oh, I want old-fashioned God saved Holy Ghost people and Holy Ghost actions. That's true. It responds. That's true. Notice quickly. Now, as we see him coming to the city, Martha was sitting there. She'd been very much dilatory through her days, seeming to be. But now one time, faith caught with her. Somebody come and said, The Master's coming into the city. Oh, my, I can see her quickly. The darkest hour she'd ever seen. Just the very darkest of hours that little home had ever seen. Oh, their loved one was dead. Four days had passed. 
their faith in their master, that they thought they could draw them out of the church to follow him. Ever who followed Jesus was renounced to come back in the church. You know that's right. He was fanatic, claimed to be. They claimed him to be, rather. And ever who followed him was put out of the church. They had left the church and everything to follow him. And now he had gone and left them when their brother died. I hear someone say, now if there's anything to him, why didn't he heal his friend? I hear him say, oh, there you are. See, he slipped off to get out of that. See? And there are the darkest of hours that they ever seen. And then Jesus come along. Oh, my. Darkest of hours. Then Jesus comes along. He usually comes along at the darkest of hours. That's right. Oh, if I had time right here, I'd feel something boring up in me. Wish I could get it out there. But I haven't got it. I'll get it some other time. That dark hour. I remember not saying...